Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Wildcast. Uh, we've got a special guest joining us. It was announced this morning that Tyler Plews is back on the Wildcats blue line for the 21-22 season. Uh, Tom's here again as well. But first, Plewsie, uh, you're back. You must be pretty delighted with that. Yeah, no, definitely. It was um, it was quite an easy conversation, to be honest. I, sh- I struggled to think of anywhere that I'd, anywhere different that I'd rather play than Swindon. So, um, yeah, we spoke at the end of the season and... Just got kind of got the things things going, and yeah, over the moon to be back for another season. And you said it was a fairly straightforward conversation, but uh, you had a bit of taste of it in the Spring Cup. I guess you wanted that full season back in in Swindon again. Yeah, yeah, it was really good that we got to go on the ice, but there was something a little bit missing, you know. Obviously, not a full season, and um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the ice and hopefully get a full a full normal season again. Yeah. Yeah, and some uh, familiar names going to be alongside you uh, so far with uh, Rennie, Bully, Thomas. I guess it must be fun to get back into that locker room as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not one one bad guy in that room. They're all uh, they're all real good guys. I'm just happy happy to be back playing with them. You know what I mean? They're uh, the first time I came down, they all took me in really well, and um, yeah, I couldn't think of any more better teammates as well, but. Um. So, and obviously, you're also signing with a guy you. Grew up playing with him, Rennie Marr. What's it like playing with Rennie in Swindon? And it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, like obviously, everyone knows me and Rennie grew up since kids playing with each other. So um, it was when he left to go to Coventry. I went to, I went to Edinburgh. We, we always said that maybe one day we'll, we'll be back playing with each other. And then three years later, we were back playing. So um, yes, it was unreal to be playing with him, especially every night. You know, I mean, gives the boys a chance to win. He's the best goal in the league, I'd say or at least top three, you know what I mean, if people want to see different, but it's uh, very nice to be back playing with him again, mate. I mean, last so last full season, last year, you um, also chipped in with a few goals, which must have been nice. Is that something you want to kind of carry on doing this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's, the obviously, the season that got shut down there, I was I think I was having the, one of the best seasons I've had, um, point-wise and just uh, personal playing-wise. So definitely, mate. Obviously, I'm, I'm not renowned for scoring goals, but when they come, uh, they're very nice. So, yeah, hopefully more of them. And taking you back straight kind of the start of your, your hockey career, obviously your dad played hockey. Uh, uh, so I guess growing up, you you watched him. Was it always something on your mind that you wanted to emulate in his footsteps? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Since I was, you know, I mean, I could walk, I was in skates. Um, when my dad played, luckily, I was fortunate enough to maybe get the last... Uh, I don't know I've probably seen maybe the last six or seven years he's, he's his playing career um, and he used to always take me in to the dressing room with the boys so I'd always be in that environment from such a young age and um, I, I just loved it I loved it then and I love it now just the, the, the laugh you get with all your friends and all the boys in the team so uh, yeah he was a big factor and the reason why I play hockey and coming through the, the junior ranks in Fife and Kokoldi, I guess you played with some, uh, obviously Rennie we know about, but some some good players that have gone on to do some uh, some great things as well. Yeah, Fife, um, if people don't know, Fife uh, in Scotland, the junior development is, I'd say, one of the best in, in Britain for player talent-wise um, and for, you know I mean, every year we pretty much won our league and all the way through your juniors, we've done the same thing. So, uh, yeah, Fives was just quite a lot of talent. And um, it's just unfortunate that not that they've all had to leave to go different places to kind of excel in their careers. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's always proud to see you came from Fife. <laughs> 
Um, and obviously from Fife, you went on to um, Edinburgh and played, you know, in the Elite League there. What was it kind of like playing at that level and for the in Capitals for those years? It was good. It was there was certainly a, a massive, massive jump from going from playing from SNL to Elite League. But it was good. It was an eye opener to see how you know I mean the business side of hockey works. I've never actually seen that. Um, you know, I mean, when you grew up, you just had your teammates, and then they were they were your teammates till the next year when you maybe went up a different age level. But being in Edinburgh and guys are coming and going, and just how the professional teams kind of run, and it was all different. But um, it was something that I'd say changed who I was as a player. You know, I mean, made me grow up a bit more leaving home at seventeen and starting to look after myself a bit more and doing my cooking, cleaning, and washing and stuff. But um, yeah, Edinburgh was some of the best years. And um, you certainly played with some kind of names there over the years and just a couple listed here, you know, Tyler Beskorwani yeah. and Bantzer Abanchkov, Pavel Vorobayev, Riley Emerson, kind of, are there, is there any kind of standout names there that you remember, that you really enjoyed particularly playing with? Uh, most of them, they're all, um, all high-end top players. Definitely Riley Emerson, he was uh, the coach the year that I signed with Edinburgh. Um, so yeah, we, we became pretty close friends on and off the ice. He was a great guy. Um, but some of the players there were ridiculous, especially the Russian guys. Like you said, Sergey Banashkov, Pavel Vorobyov, those guys were just next level. You know, I mean, you'd see them on the ice and even in training and games, it was just like like you can clearly see these guys have played this level their whole entire life. You know, I mean, it was just effortless at times for them. And then Ben and I have both been to um, a game, well, went to a game in Edinburgh, I think, when you were there at the time before you moved to Swindon. And right. it's certainly an interesting rink. What was it kind of like to play in there? Um, yeah, I mean, that rink's uh, it's a, it's a museum. It's a, it's a running museum, so it is. It's a lot of character in that building. You know I mean? Uh, it's great ice. I mean, a lot of people say that the ice is, uh, is, a, is a great thing in, in Edinburgh. But, um, I mean, it's cool. It's nice. Our dressing room is all right. Um, it was just with the fans as well. The seats are just right there, you know, right behind you. So the fans are right there. It was, there was always a good atmosphere when there was big games and stuff. So, yeah, it was a cool rink. And what was it like? Obviously, the last couple of years in Edinburgh were tough uh, for the Capitals and, and things changed after you left. What was it like playing in that environment uh, more so probably the last year than the last couple? Yeah, it was, it was tough, you know. Um, obviously, it's, everyone knows that Edinburgh didn't have as much money and stuff. It was always a low-team week. Um, so it was different, you know. There was a lot of things they obviously never got the, the other teams would get. And um, I think that was probably why, uh, there's a reasons why guys left. You know I mean? They, they came expecting things and never got things. And um, yeah, towards the last year of being in Edinburgh, hockey didn't, hockey started to get not as enjoyable. Um, so when I, I even said to Aaron, when I came down and I played my first year, and Swindon, at the end of the year, I told them that this place has made me love hockey again. Because towards the end of my last year in Edinburgh, just things got a little bit like tired and tedious of the same things and nothing really changing. So coming to the Swindon was, it was definitely refreshing and, and uh, just made me love the sport again. You have played, obviously, you represented your country at under-20 level. Um, how was that? How was that? What kind of experience was that? That was good. Obviously, that was my yeah first time putting on a, the Great Britain jersey. Um, it was definitely an experience. Uh, even just going to the tournaments and stuff, and how they're how professionally they run and seeing the arenas they're in, and 
just being in the setup, you know, it was you're just made to feel pretty special when you're there. You know, I mean, everyone's running around doing everything for the team, for you guys and stuff. Um, so it was definitely an experience. Uh, I'm sure we played in um, Budapest, and uh, even being in even in that place was was really nice. I mean, down the town and, and seeing in the city centre and stuff, Budapest was brilliant. So it was a good trip overall. Obviously, the the results weren't the best. I think we caught a bit flat footed in the tournament. Um, we had a coaching change as well. Our coach didn't end up coming with us to to the tournament, but no excuses. But um, all in all, it was still still a good tournament. And I mean, there is one name obviously that jumps out from that roster more than others, and that's you know there's been some really talented players who've come through from that team. But obviously Liam Kirk was on that team, and he's gone on to become you know the first English trained player to be drafted, and mm-hmm. you know you know he's one of the kind of big names in kind of I suppose. British hockey and yeah, yeah, what was it like playing with Kirky in that tournament? It's good, man. Kirky's a good boy. He's, he's a good laugh. Um, I quite like him. Yeah, as you say, it's, it's only from maybe the last since he's been away to um, when he played for the Peterborough Peets. Since then, I think he's just he's took off even more. He was a very skillful, uh, very talented hockey player before that, but I reckon the few years that he was away just done him every so better. Um, seeing him now, he's a completely different player than what he was when we were in that tournament, without a doubt. But um, yeah, man, he's good. I just hope he goes on and, and I mean, does a, has a great career for himself. And there were a couple of other guys on that uh, that GB under twenties roster you played for that have been that are over in Latvia at the moment, putting some superb performances like uh, Duggan and Tetlo in particular. He's kind of really, I'm not come yeah. out of nowhere, but like excelled in this tournament. Like when you look back at it now, were those guys not necessarily always destined to make it to GB, but their kind of impact they've had at the international level now? Or what do you think of that compared to when you played with them a few years ago? Um, I'd say definitely Tetlo, as in, um, not came out of nowhere. The guy's always been an unreal hockey player, but obviously, spending that time in the elite league since the GB 20s, you can definitely see the improvement he's made without one doubt. Um, big guy as well. I mean, everyone's a big body D man. But with, with Dougie, um, yeah, you, you kind of knew that he was going to be like that. He's always had that um, that older, more sensible head. And he was always been in the GB system as well. Uh, you know what I mean? Captain, assistant. And he was, uh, yeah, you kind of knew that he was going to go off and do something, do something good. But it's, it's brilliant to see those two boys in there. You know what I mean? They're both great guys as well. So it was really nice to see. And you then had that when we talked about that final year in uh, in Edinburgh you, you kind of fell out of love with hockey a little bit and tell us how the move to uh, to Swindon came around I expect Rennie's got some involvement somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh, I will Rennie that one I'm sure um, so I don't know if Aaron heard about me or not I, I think he I think he did but he pulled Rennie in and just mentioned my name and they two got talking about me and uh, luckily enough, Rennie did put in a good word. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think they had a little chat and then I think Rennie passed all my details and I got a little message and a phone call. And um, yeah, I remember sitting sitting downstairs and, and uh, Aaron Fomey just being nervous, like, oh my God, I'm speaking to a coach about another team, like what I'd say or do. But um, yeah, he was brilliant. You know what I mean, it was all pretty pretty easy. You know I mean, as we sorted everything out and I found out all the details and everything about Swindon and you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely the best choice I've ever made. Looking, this is my... Th- I'm going to count that year. This will be my fourth year. Yeah, so honestly, mate, it's, it's Swindon's a place where I reckon any hockey player in the world would want to play for. You know what I mean? They look after you without a doubt. So, um, yeah, it's somewhere that I want to be. And was it 
uh, I'm trying to think of the word I'm going for here. Like <laughs> what you'd left Edinburgh that year and like the things that happened with the Caps, were you looking to move to England and, and come down and play in that level of hockey or was it just kind of one thing kind of fit into place? Well, um, I was, I did kind of think about it. It was always on the mind uh, to go down and play because I, I did keep tabs on, um, you know, I mean, the, the league, I mean, it was EPL maybe then. Uh, did keep tabs on stuff, especially Sweden. I would always see stuff about them. But, um, yeah, it was, I mean, I forgot your question. I'm going to start that one again. <laughs> no, it was just like, obviously, you, you left Edinburgh. Was it always on your radar to come down to that level? Yeah. Or was it a case of just Swindon? It kind of all felt right with Rennie and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so Swint, uh, Edinburgh, they were going to, I think we found out that they were, um, the team was getting folded. So we found that out anyway. But I think towards, especially the third year that I was in Edinburgh, I kind of knew that I'm definitely going to have a look down and see what's down south. Um, and then luckily enough, well, not luckily enough, fortunate enough that Aaron phoned me and then, and then um, yeah, Edinburgh ended up folding for the year. And it all, it all made it pretty easy. You know what I mean? Swindon were the only people to get in contact. I never really put any feelers out at all because I wasn't too sure what was happening. But um, yeah, quick speak to Aaron and I was down same the next year. <laughs> and um, when you obviously came to Swindon, it was the first time you played for a team outside of um, outside of Scotland and first time you played outside yeah. of the Elite League for a while. How was the kind of transition to that? How, how, did, how was it kind of an easy transition or would it take a little while to adapt? Um, definitely a language barrier. When I first came down, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was I feel like I was foreign when I came down, um, but it wasn't too bad, you know. It's obviously it's a different league, so you can't really compare the hockey as such. But um, team wise, running wise, it's, it was all different. You know, I mean, I say Swindon's one of the most professional teams, the way they're running stuff. Um, but yeah, so different, man. They can't really compare the both. But it was good. It was, it was a better transition. Obviously, I didn't have the best start of the year when I first came down. But as soon as I got my um, got settled, and I feel like I started playing a bit more better hockey. But um, yeah, it, it's fine. We all think we're speaking a foreign language when we talk to Bert as well. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we used to, yeah, we, we think exactly we'd have exactly the same issue there. Um, funnily enough, uh, funnily enough, me and Bert probably understand each other the most. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's not yeah. something to be proud of, Lucy. That is not something <laughs> Well, I think he understands me and I still struggle to understand him, so I don't know. <laughs> so do we. So do we. And, and obviously, the, your first season in Swindon went on and won the league title, which, how was that? I guess that was a kind of a big moment for you. <laughs> oh, man, that was 100% probably one of the best uh, highlights of my career. Without a doubt, winning in a, in, a, in a men's league, a league like a the league cup was huge, and the, the kind of way we done it, um, we went on that little tear. Was it six, 15, 16 games we went on? Fifteen, I think it was in the end. Fifteen, yeah. So that fifteen, honestly, the, the buzz in the room, it was, it was something that's like struggling to, to explain to people. You know, I mean, the boys were just buzzing to come to the rink to train every day. People were excited to come to play the weekends and stuff, and. Um, yeah, to win that league was amazing, and even the, the celebrations after were even better. So it was brilliant. And that that league title, I know we've talked about this with uh, with Bully and Jonesy. Uh, mm -hmm. Things kind of 
<laughs> he's gonna if he's if he's listening to this, he'll, he'll hate me for saying it like this. But <laughs> things kind of turned around a little bit when a certain short Swedish man arrived uh, around Christmas time. What was it like playing with uh, with Hugi? Uh, you probably heard a lot about him in the first half of the year. I think he randomly turned up for a weekend as well. Uh, what was it like yeah. uh, playing with Hugi? Oh man, it's like, like you say, I heard tons of stuff about him before the guy came, and when he came, he lived up to the expectations even more. Um, but when he came in, it was there. Yeah, it was obviously it wasn't it wasn't the best situation losing a player and then bringing another player in. But yeah, was, when Hoogie came in, obviously it was a big change around. Uh, it was really good. I mean, he, you know what kind of player he was and what he'd done. So bringing him and then we start started winning games. It's, we started getting a bit of momentum and yeah, he would. Um, he always says he was like, "Thank you, uh, don't thank thank me later, Swindon, or something like that." He always says, uh, "Thank you, Swindon." <laughs> Oh, well, but he was a loud mouth. I mean, he was good in the dressing room as well as on the ice. You know, he's a big, you know, he is a big loud character and stuff. So it was definitely nice having him in the team, and um, definitely say he's one of my one of my friends now for sure. And another uh, crucial part of that uh, that winning roster, I mean, you all were was uh, was your D partner uh, Sam Jones, who what yesterday made his uh, Team GB debut. Yeah. It's crazy to think how his career has developed in the last two years. But what was it like? Jonesy coming in alongside yourself that year. Oh man, unreal! I love Jonesy. We we got on like a house on fire. We were pretty good friends. Um, great guy on and off the ice. I mean, plays really hard. Plays for his teammates. We was all out there, and it was nice, man. He he came and obviously had a really great year. Made, made a name for himself, and people heard obviously through the elite league, through our leagues and stuff. So he's managed to get himself in a good spot. And he always told me that. Um, he always told me that his goal was to always play for GB. And then there you go, but he told me that when we played. And now he's got his first cap. Was it last night? Yeah, last night. So happy for him over the moon. If anyone deserves it, it's him, especially. So good man. And obviously earlier in this, you're not the first, you're, you're not the first signing for Swindon that's been announced this week. Obviously, Neil Lidiard back um for what will be his final um season with the Cats. Yeah. What's it been like playing with Lids and you know what kind of Gap is he going to leave in the team when he does hang up the skates? Man, the gap. I'll have to block more shots when he leaves. What's that? <laughs> Man, he's honestly, he's an absolute warrior. Just a dog on the ice. I've never seen, like, I thought I'll block a lot of shots. And then when I seen the stats at the end of the year, I just thought, like, you need to retire now. Just have a rest, man. Like, that guy, every night he puts his, puts his body on the line. Um, Always cares about the team. He always puts the team ahead of him. No, in every situation. So it's great to give him another year and and for him to be back. But I'm sure if you asked all the guys, they'd want him to stay. But you know, I mean, you get to that age and you start thinking, is it worth it doing all that every weekend? And he's got a young family, so um, just happy he's back for another year. He's a big presence in the team, and yeah, it'll it'll be a hard position to uh, to fill when he when he does leave. And I guess the team kind of. We'll have that added incentive to, to to win a couple of things next year. We, you know, I know you boys are all huge fans of Lids, and and he's a great part of the locker room, and it will be the perfect way for him to go out with a couple of bits of silverware. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Just seeing him lift some silverware at the end of next year, that would be that would be definitely the, the cherry and the cake for his career. Um, but yeah, if there's anybody that deserves it, it's him. Also, funnily enough, as well, he actually played with my dad, I think, at GB. <laughs> So uh, he'll, he'll probably kill me if he ends up here on this, but uh, yeah, he played my old man. I'm sure they played GB or they may have played against each other. 
Um, but they knew of each other, and then for me to play, he hates that. He, he, sometimes he tries to call me Scott by accident. But, uh, <laughs> I was kind of going for the a, a tongue-in-cheek question there. Obviously, Lids is in a retirement is a, is a year away. Who's going to end up blocking more shots, you or Rennie? <laughs> really? I don't know, buddy. Like I say, I thought I was doing really well, but when you look at Lids' stats, but I'm still going to bite myself all the way, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. And obviously, your work in Swindon hasn't just been uh, what well, has been on the ice, but off it as well. You've been doing work with the uh, the community foundation and the community program. How how did that come around working with uh, with Dave and Robbie and, and the guys there? It like, that's a massive part of the club in Swindon. It's not just the the on ice team. Yeah, yeah. So I I done that for quite a bit. Um, I wasn't working when I first come down to Swindon, and I'm sure Dave got in contact with me. And started talking about obviously the community and stuff. And um I went to college to to get a degree and stuff to work in gyms and 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 coach kids and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be pretty perfect to get the ball rolling and, and do something that could maybe help a career like that. And um yeah, went, I'm sure went on for about a year. Many skating lessons, many after school clubs, many assemblies. They got easier and easier. But um, you know I me, mean? it was great. I loved it, I loved the um, kind of what you got back from the kids when you've taught them how to skate and if you can finally feel confident to skate it was from the first lesson to, to the last lesson the school would come for um, but it was good it was it was a lot of work you can see what Dave, Robbie and everyone in the community does behind the scenes um, it's, a, it's a proper well-run well-run machine I'd say um, obviously they do a great job the schools over Swindon I mean there's there's, no, there's not many schools in Swindon that haven't had a an after-school club with the community in it. So, yeah, what they're doing is amazing and, and hopefully they can get bigger and better every, every year. Um, and obviously we know your immediate future plans now, a year, another year in Swindon, but what's kind of the longer term? Is is, there, is the ultimate end game to get yourself back into the Elite League? I think so, mate. Um, definitely not going not gonna to knock off the Elite League. Um, who knows when that will be? But yeah, for sure right now, I'm just enjoying hockey so much in Swindon and I'm just struggling to see anywhere better right now. But definitely, definitely one day I'd like to be in the league league and then hopefully again, maybe playing for Team GB one year. That would be nice. But um, yeah, for right now, I'm, I'm happy being, being in Swindon again. I see, that's the right answer. We like that. And uh, <laughs> kind of a random uh, a random question I've got to ask you about because I'm sure the, uh, there'll be some fans out here that are at... Uh, that know of this and are slightly intrigued. So, first game next season, Swindon Basingstoke, end of warm ups. Let's assume Jay King is going to be back <laughs> at Basingstoke. Tell us what that's about because it's always the highlight of the road trip down to Basingstoke. <laughs> uh, so, explain that one. Explain that one, please. Right. So, obviously, I played with Kinger for three years when I played in Edinburgh. And the guy is just just oozes superstition. Like he's the the most superstitious guy I've ever met. So he um, he would always want to be last off. Even when we were together, I would always go off and it'd be him going off last. And there's been a few times when he's kind of like, you know, you've seen in the NHL when when the other guy won't leave and they both sit there and they'll maybe do rock paper scissors or something. So he was always doing that, and I knew I knew for a fact he would always be last off the ice when we were playing Basingstoke. And he always likes to shoot pucks down the other end. So I was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay out as long as possible. And if he even shoots one puck, the net's going to get flipped around. And then, as you've all seen many times before, I've done it. And then it's just a kind of running joke now. I don't give him a chance to shoot at the net. 
Um, I'm sure I don't know if you've seen that one time in Basingstoke when it was him and Liam Morris, and Liam Morris actually skated all the way down. They were, were battling back and forward with the body <laughs> hockey net. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all good fun, man. We love each other, we're good buddies. So uh, it's just a bit of, bit of mental warfare at the start of the game. So yeah, that's what that's from. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. It's just one of those that it's, uh, yeah, the, the fans love it. But uh, yeah, the yeah. context behind it will, will go well. And obviously, looking ahead into next season, uh, you must be pretty excited to get back on the ice. Yeah, dude, I've, um, I've actually been skating, I skated last week and I was on the ice yesterday, Monday, so um, it's nice to be back on the ice again and I'm just looking forward to getting down and seeing all the boys, you know what I mean, I'm back to eating a bit healthier now and getting to the gym more and stuff like that, so it's just, um, you know what I mean, getting a good pre-season in and heading down and seeing all the boys again and getting it going. And obviously you're going to get some uh, fans in the rink as well. Oh my god, man! I, f- I really hope so. We can get quite a lot of fans in because um, it, it wasn't as bad. I think a few guys have said it wasn't as bad as what you would think it was. Um, being on the ice, you definitely miss that little buzz of the atmosphere, like no doubt. Especially when we pack the rink, um, you know, I mean, you score and you just hear all the boys on the bench scream. But when it's it's, it's a whole different ball game when there's like a thousand plus people screaming for you when you score. So um, yeah, it's so excited to get fans back in. And is that what you're kind of most hopefully looking forward to for next year is having the fans back or is there any other kind of things that really stand out about, you know, getting back and hopefully having a more normal season next year? Yeah, man, just having obviously a full, full league of guys back in and um, obviously I, I don't know if testing or stuff like that will still be involved, but just mostly fans, to be honest, and sitting, everyone sitting in a dressing room, everyone in one dressing room is actually <laughs> probably the biggest thing now that I think about it. Um yeah, just we kind of missed that obviously. And when we were in, playing in Swindon, we were separated in three different rooms. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't as good. Obviously, you miss a lot of stuff. You can't have a laugh with the with the guys as much as as much as that. But um, yeah, just having a normal season with a full full league and fans. I mean, that's I'm not asking for much, but hopefully we get it. <laughs> what, what was it like uh, just being split into those those three bubbles? Obviously, I guess it's tough in that period break environment if you've had a tough start or a great start like Aaron wants to talk to you all and you split over three rooms like how, how does that work does each room kind of have their own little leader or, or, or what so um we'd get we'd get change in the separate rooms and then obviously during the games we would sit in the state higher everyone would have seats um spaced apart and that way you could speak to everyone and that's where we would pretty much sit uh, every period between every period but um yeah but you miss so much for example You'd go to training and then you'd obviously get changed, go on the ice, and you, you wouldn't even see guys were here. Me and Lawrence bumped into each other and he was like, Oh, I didn't know you were here. I was like, Yeah, I didn't know you were here either. I thought you weren't you were off or something. You just don't see any guys, you can't really socialize. Um, and that's big for me. I love socializing and seeing other guys and just walking around the room. And you just kind of miss that, man. And it's you know, I mean, they've got the same few guys in front of you. Obviously, you still have still have a crack and stuff, but it's just different when there's a full room and I mean, better atmosphere in the room, and especially when you win and stuff. So, yeah, looking forward to that, mate. And there'll be a few people who listen to the podcast who've been on um, coach trips um, to the away games with the with the team. I know Ben and I have both been on those buses. Now that Luke <laughs> Johnson's gone, who's in charge of the music? I, because it always seems <laughs> to me that Luke was the deep, was kind of had the had the had the setup at the back of the bus there. 
Who's in charge yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, well, back of the bus, um, I don't, we just kind of take shots, but obviously we, we never really were able to play music um, that whole season there. Uh, obviously, everyone does it different rooms, but I think there's a few guys that might be up for it. I think Billy might be a contender. I, I would chuck my name in the mix for a new DJ, but... <laughs> trying to think where so Whit, Stevie Whitfield is definitely not allowed to be the DJ um, but yeah man it's, it's, it's sad seeing John go, but yeah he was, a, he was a big DJ for us so uh, it's, a, it's a big role to fill you know what I mean a huge role to fill so we'll just need to figure that one out when it comes we'll see who, see who plugs their phone in and takes the reins <laughs> you're right it's, it's a massive role to fill being sat near the front of the bus and you're three hours away from on your way back from Hull and then a, an absolute banger comes on it it makes that trip so much quicker yeah right. yeah we like a little speaker back especially after a big win there's nothing better than driving home you know what I mean having a good having a good time on the bus yeah absolutely so I mean the, the last one I think I think for me Bluesy I, I ask this to everybody um you can pick a line you're you're, you're a d-man uh you got a netminder. I think I know you're going to pick there. Uh, one, uh, a D partner and three forwards. Who's your uh, your dream roster from the guys you've played with in the past? It could be Swindon or, or Edinburgh or, or Fife Juniors, you know, wherever. Um, right, we'll chuck Marzi in net. Give him, give him his net. Uh, now, on my right. which, one, which one are you picking? Are you picking Rennie or Jordan? No, I love them both, but I love, my, I love Rennie better. Come on. Yeah. We played, we've been boys since kids. Um, on the left side, it's tough. Depends how I feel that night. If I'm really tired, we'll chuck Jonesy on there so he can skate with the puck. If I'm feeling good, Wits can play so he can both skate sometimes. But I'll say Jonesy. I like Jonesy. I'll say Jonesy. And then up front, I would chuck Big Riley Emerson. I think he was a left winger. Chuck him up there. Keep the peace. <laughs> Centre, we'll put Big Pav for a boy of. Uh, he was uh, also a first, I'm sure he was drafted like first round overall as well for Chicago. Anyway, he was good to put him in. And we'll put on the right side, I'm not too sure if he can play his right wing, but Oris Taylor, just because I love him, we'll do that. <laughs> That's my team. That sounds like a dream. We'd, uh, yeah, we'd probably be better at defending more than anything. I don't think they were going to score much goals. Jonesy might fire up there. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know much about uh, Riley and Pavel, but the, the names you said there, I'd be able to take a mean penalty shot for sure. Yeah, Pav, man. If you want to see him, just Google, just YouTube his name. That guy's got some fast, fast nuts. I mean, he, he even came to us, I think he was in his, he was either late 30s or early 40s when he came to Edinburgh. And it was a big gamble taking him on, but even still seeing that guy, maybe just outside his prime now. Was still ridiculous. I, I could only imagine what he was like. Maybe you know, what I mean, uh, late twenties. He would have been ridiculous, but um, yeah, he'd be my teammate. Spot on. I think that 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 brings us nicely to the end. Plusy, thanks so much for uh, for taking time out and chatting. Uh, Worries, man. Enjoy the rest of your summer, and we'll uh, we'll see you back back down here in September time. And I know the fans cannot wait to uh, to see number twenty four back on the ice, and I'm sure you can't wait to see them. Screaming and shouting from behind you as well. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-four in the program, number one in your heart, Ben. Keep it that way, bud. There you go, Plusy. Thanks so much, mate. No worries, bud. Take care. Take care.